0: and good morning i'm gary randall thank you so much for joining me today i'm honored today is monday october the 5th 2020 in the year of our lord today in 1880 the first ballpoint pen was patented the guy that patented it was alonzo t cross cross pens they're still around today in 1892 the dalton gang notorious for their train robberies, they were practically wiped out while attempting to rob a pair of banks in Coffeyville, Kansas. And today, 1892, same day, Frank James, the outlaw, surrendered to the authorities in Missouri six months after his brother Jesse James had been killed. Today in history was not a good day for outlaws. Today, in 1947, President Harry S. Truman delivered the first televised White House address. He spoke on the world food crisis. Today, in 1953, Earl Warren was sworn in as the 14th Chief Justice of the United States. And today, in 1970, U.S. Public Broadcasting, PBS as we know it, was established. Today, in 1988, Democrat Lloyd Benson, he was um, having a debate with Republican Dan Quayle. And in that debate, it's mostly forgettable, except for one line. He blasted Dan Quayle with this. He said, Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. Today in 2011, Apple founder Steve Jobs died. He was 56 years old, created one of the most successful businesses in the world, continues to be. Apple, 10 years ago today, Faisal Shahzad, a Pakistani immigrant who tried to detonate a car bomb in Times Square, accepted today, accepted 10 years ago, accepted a life sentence from a federal judge in New York. After he was sentenced, with a smirk on his face, he turned toward the court and toward the camera, and he told Americans, you can expect more bloodshed at the hands of Muslims. And they took him away for life. But he said others will follow. Speaking of bloodshed, boy, Seattle was at it again over the weekend. I don't know if some people are saying this is going. all these riots are going to end after the election. I'm not so sure. Either way, the election, I, I don't know. We'll see. But rioters in Seattle were arrested, especially Saturday night, but it continued yesterday and last night. They were breaking glass, throwing explosives at police officers. Q13 was reporting that the uh, TV was reporting that would-be rioters gathered around Cal Anderson Park. That's that one in Capitol Hill where they had Chaz or CHOP this summer, the summer of love, as Jenny Jerkin may or like to call it or did call it. Then she backed off that. It was clearly a, a stupid thing to say, and even she figured that out later. But... Uh, they gathered there at the, in that area on Capitol Hill. Then things escalated. They began stro- destroying property. They always destroy property because Marxism, and that's what's at the heart of Black Lives Matter. I mean, by, their, by the account of the two women that founded Black Lives Matter, they said, yeah, we're trained Marxists. At the heart of Marxism is, among other things, the right to own property. They don't think you should have that right to own property, and that's a part of Marxism, is to destroy personal property ownership among many other things but the reports are that rioters broke the window out of starbucks again they really focus on starbucks they don't like starbucks for some reason they spray painted buildings they threw explosives at least two times the people that were there are saying they allegedly <clears throat> threw one explosive into the starbucks building to mess it up the starbucks coffee shop there and they were they threw it at police threw the other one at police officers one picture that I saw late last night kind of remains in my mind. It was spray painted on the window of, of a building there. I, it could have been Starbucks. I don't know which one it was. But anyway, the this line was there, quote, save a life, hang a cop. That's kind of where we are today. It's amazing. There's a part of our culture that's all in on that kind of activity. They don't seek Racial justice, really. I mean, I think that's been proven again and again. What they really want is to dismantle America because they hate this country. But not everybody hates America. President Donald Trump doesn't. As he was taken to Walter Reed Hospital over the weekend, he was uh, and there is being treated for COVID-19. Both he and his wife are have tested positive, as you know. We mentioned that in passing on what we knew on Friday on this program. But anyway, he's, uh, he's having some very good results there. And I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But yesterday, he surprised a lot of people. As soon as it became known that he was at Walter Reed, supporters of Trump started showing up there at the entrance to the hospital. And they, I noticed Fox News reported yesterday, there's a part of Fox News that really bothers me Not all of it, but part of it. I used to watch Fox much of the time to get the news that I needed some years ago. That's changed over the years. But anyway, they were reporting several times. Dozens of supporters of of President Trump were at the gate. There weren't dozens. There were hundreds because I saw the pictures. And I'm a pretty good estimator of crowds. I know the difference between dozens And hundreds. But anyway, they were out there and they were lined up down the street just peacefully, very peacefully, but with flags. One of them said Trump, you know, Biden and the American U.S. flags for sure, and other other flags that were complimentary to the country and complimentary to the president. They were just out there, cars were driving by, and a lot of them were honking, you know, in um, favor of what they were doing and in agreement with what they were doing and so on. All of a sudden, this big black limousine, comes out of the parking lot and it drives real slow up the street and it turns around and it comes back and president trump is in there with his mask on it's a it's it's a security car secret service suv it's one of those black ones they have a bunch of them and it's you know bulletproof and so he drives by the street real i mean he's not driving but he's in there and he's up by the window and he's waving out the window at these people blew them away because they were out there demonstrating their support for him. So he drives by and demonstrates his support for them. And uh, they were stunned. I mean, I was reading some of the emails they were writing. They were beside themselves because they support the president. And he was able to come out there and do a real slow drive-by and give them a big wave and a thumbs up. So that happened yesterday. Didn't get a lot of press, but the press it did get, they always always try to get in some kind of a – some kind of a barb to the president, and they most of the news media that did report that in passing, they were saying essentially the same thing, each news people. They always do. They kind of walk in monolithic, you know, uh, hip-to-hip kind of reporting on whatever they do. And most of them were saying that did report it, that he, they were wondering if he harmed someone else, if he infected someone else by doing this and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that's what was going on. But this morning, they're say, still saying they were saying last night, and um, saying again this morning that they are hoping that he'll be able to return to the White House. He's been working there at the hospital. Say so he's responding extremely well to the drugs that they've been giving him and the um, the treatments they've been giving him. And they he had a problem with his blood oxygen on Friday before he went to uh, before he went to to uh, Walter Reed. And so the press has tried to make a lot out of that. And it is, it's very important. If you lose the, uh, the, uh, oxygen saturation in your blood, I'm not a doctor, but I know that's a bad thing. And, um, his was down a bit. It wasn't way down, but I, I'm not sure what way down is, but it's based on a hundred percent. And I think his was at 92 or something, but, um, they gave him a little oxygen at the, uh, at the white house before he was taken over to Walter Reed. And, um, they said it's at 98 now and has maintained that all along, and they haven't given him any more oxygen. So the doctors are saying that's a very good thing. The media is saying that they, the doctors tried to mislead him because they didn't tell the media at first that he had been given oxygen at the White House when he first became aware that he had a problem. So they've been trying to make a big deal out of the fact that, that the doctors at Walter Reed, uh, among the best, if not the best in the world, We're trying to mislead the media. That hasn't played very well. Even the left has said, oh, yeah, right, of course they're doing that. But anyway, that's kind of what's happening in a nutshell. Dr. Brian Garibaldi said yesterday, he said if, if he continues to look and feel as well as he does today, our hope is that we can plan for a discharge as early as tomorrow. That would be today. Noting that if the president was discharged, he would continue receiving care at the White House. And his um staff has said and and Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, has said that he's been working all the time at the Ed uh, Walter Reed anyway, and uh as I said, his saturation level of oxygen in his blood is maintained at ninety eight percent, which is excellent, and it's probably where most of us who are healthy would be, I would assume, but anyway, First lady is said to be doing extremely well, no symptoms. More information will certainly become available today, and it looks like they may send him back to the White House today where he can go back to work. So that's what I know at this moment as we are live at 9 a.m. this morning. So we'll see what happens, and we'll see how that plays out. There was an interesting poll that came out yesterday. Um, it was, It's not what the press has been saying and it's only one poll let me say that it was put out by democracy institute sunday express poll i'm aware of them and they put out polls pretty regularly and they're not usually quoted in the media uh but they put out a poll yesterday that they found that they had discovered and it was this week and they concluded it on friday after the pub general public in america wa- was very aware that president trump had was had tested positive for Uh, the coronavirus so they knew this when they uh voted in this poll it was pretty extensive poll but their poll showed that trump is leading biden in an overall popular vote nationwide 46 to 45 percent i know all the issues with that is within the margin of error and and all of that but it's interesting that in that poll 68 percent said the illness made no difference in how they plan to vote. Almost two-thirds of those polls said they felt sympathy for the Trumps. And everybody in the poll, 68%, said, we're not even going to reconsider who we're voting for. That could be, go either way. But interestingly enough, that poll showed that Trump is now leading in key swing states, including Florida, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And the difference between this and other polls is that they polled exclusively Voters that were not just registered voters, but voters likely to vote, and that means voters that have voted at least three consecutive elections in their area, whether it's local or national elections. So that's what's happening today in the life of the president, as far as we know at this moment, and um, I'm sure the press will have more today, and we'll talk about whatever happens today. We'll talk about it a little bit tomorrow. But I wanted to talk to you also today about a new campaign that Joe Biden has launched today. And um, it's targeted conservative Catholics and evangelical Christians spending a million or more dollars. It's going to be on Christian television and Christian radio. I don't know what stations, but they made a pretty good buy on Christian radio and Christian TV programs. It's about, it's about the spirituality of Joe Biden and his running mate, Kamala Harris. It is called Principles. That's kind of the, what they're calling this series of ads. I think there's three or four different ads that will be running. And um, the, kind of the subtext or the subline of, of the campaign is Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the clear moral choice. If you've read the Democrat platform, you would know that they would not be the clear moral choice, because they don't believe in anything that conservative Catholics and evangelical Christians believe in, as far as cultural issues. I'll tell you, this is a time of deception unlike any I've seen in my lifetime. There have been times like this in the past, but... Not in my lifetime. Not in our lifetime. This is an age of deception, <clears throat> politically, culturally. I I feel I feel for our kids because their minds are developing, their base of knowledge is developing. They're harangued from the from the time they're in kindergarten, if they go to public school, all the way through you know intermediate and then high school and on to college. I mean, all they hear is this nonsense from the progressive left, relativism. Relativism is a disease. It's not really a philosophy. Relativism is based on being duplicitous, on having different opinions at different times. That's what it is, because there are no fixed truths in relativism, and relativism is one of the core beliefs of um, Marxism, cultural Marxism. And that's what our kids have been taught. Maybe it hasn't been called that. It's been called all kinds of things in their curriculum. But that's what they've grown up on. And the Christian families, the conservative families, Protestant or Catholic, it doesn't matter, that have failed to teach their children the fundamentals of biblical belief are now concerned. And these kids have grown up, these last two generations, and now they're running the world or they're about to and they're being influenced by people like Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris, the Democratic Party. And I'm not, this is not a political talk that I'm giving you today. I'm speaking as a pastor and I'm concerned and I'm seeing the results of it and you are too. And we have to look at our world and say, boy, what's going on here? I mean, what is, you know, what, what is this? I was reminded of a scripture verse in 2 Thessalonians chapter three, verse three, that I used to often read to the congregation that I pastored for a number of years. I think it's appropriate for now, it's always appropriate, but I think it would be good to review that just for a moment. It's a verse that we can remember, we can keep it in our mind and heart. It's a verse that perhaps you have memorized at some time. I'll read it from the King James Version. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. That is the only thing, the Lord, that's going to keep us from the evil in which we live. But we can be assured we don't have to get all worked up and all nervous and can't sleep and because our world is going to hell in a handbasket. It is. But we don't have to be overcome with the emotion of trying to carry the burden of what we see happen- happening around us because God will establish you and he will protect you. He protects you not from what's going on, but in what's going on. We are called to be in the world, but not of the world. And only the believer, walking in the Spirit of the Lord and the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ, can we have a life of peace, Christ's peace, in this world of chaos. But we can. We can be assured, not because we're in denial. We need to be informed. We are instructed to be informed by the Bible, first and foremost, but even our founding fathers, Told us we must be informed. Thomas Jefferson said you can't be free if you don't if you aren't informed. <clears throat> I'm paraphrasing, but they knew that. We need to know it today, and many of you do who are listening. And I'm glad you do. We need to be informed. But we must not allow that to just overwhelm us because God is our security. God is our fortress. God is our high tower. God is our strength. God is with us. Don't be overwhelmed by emotion. And sometimes people can get I don't want to get it. I'm not a psychologist, but certainly training in the area had lots of experience. But sometimes we can get overcome by one thing and then we begin attaching ourselves to something else, some other problem that's unrelated except emotionally, we, we almost find ourselves projecting into, well, the world's all, you know, burning and breaking and looting and and the president has you know the virus and all of this stuff begins to kind of build up in our in our mind and then we begin to project well what if this or what if that just relax god is in control be informed but don't be afraid fear not the bible i don't know how many somebody's counted it i'm sure but The Bible is full of fear nots, especially during the Christmas season when God became flesh and dwelt among us. The angels kept saying to these shepherds and these other people, fear not, Mary, fear not, Elizabeth, fear not, don't be afraid. Jesus often said in his ministry, don't be afraid, fear not. Obviously, there was reason for fear then and now but don't be afraid. Well, anyway, back back to Biden. They're launching this thing today that you should be aware of. I don't know, as I said, what radio stations it's going to be on. I don't know what TV stations it's going to be on. But it will be on the media. He's launching these ads. He's hoping to convince America that he and Harris are the and these are their words, quote, clear moral choice for America. It's bold. It's a stunning step. But why not? Trump's got the virus. I'm leading in the polls. I won Biden speaking. I won the last debate, me and Chris Wallace. And uh, he's feeling pretty good about them. In fact, they're cocky, some of them. Josh Dixon, Biden's faith engagement director, told religious Religion News Service, it's a far-left social justice news organization, that, quote, religious voters matter to this campaign and are a key part of our broad, diverse, and robust coalition. The Bible speaks of a double-minded man, and that's what it looks like, is what you're seeing. From Biden himself, certainly Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has started using the phrase, it's one that we're familiar with here, if you listen to this program regularly, in the year of our Lord. The day I went on the air on this program live some years ago now, several, six, seven, whatever it is, um, I I just said that. I I hadn't planned to say it. I just said, I said, today is February the 18th, 2013, I think it was, in the year of our Lord. Man, that felt good. I just thought that's the right thing to say, and I've said it ever since. In the year of our Lord. All of our founding documents and documents even to this day that have the president's signature on will have the date in the year of our Lord. And uh, I'm sure that would bring unrest to the far left, but I mean, it is. So, But Kamala Harris has started using that phrase. In fact, conservative journalists have noticed that, and they've looked back at stuff she said over the years, and she never used that phrase until recently. She started saying, when she makes any reference to a date, she'll say, in the year of our Lord. I had not noticed that, but they did, and it brought to my attention. I looked at it, and sure enough, she's doing that. I don't know if that's part of this campaign, if she knew that was coming up or if she got saved. I, I don't know what's going. But anyway, she's using that phrase, in the year of our Lord. So they are taking this turn now and pivoting toward evangelicals and conservative Catholics, which are not buying it, especially the conservative Catholics. But the Protestants are, more than I had hoped, really. I knew some would, but these guys are really getting in on this, on this uh, campaign, Back in 2017, Tom Perez, chairman of the Democratic National Committee, said, quote, Every Democrat, like every American, should support a woman's right. There is no room, I'm quoting him, head of the Democratic Party, there is no room in the Democratic Party for pro-life individuals. Well, most of the individuals that he and Joe want to seduce are people of faith, Catholic, Protestant. In July of 2019, Biden revealed his health care plan and he said, part of my plan, he said to his core base, which are the far left progressive, many atheist, non-believers. He said, part of my health care plan will, quote, enshrine Roe v. Wade into the Constitution and it will force taxpayers to fund abortion. Biden says he wants to build on the progress of Obamacare's contraceptive mandate that offers free preventative care, including contraception, by repealing the Hyde Amendment, which he supported for years until this third time he tries to be president of the United States. He says that health care is a right that should not be dependent on one's zip code or income. Conservative Catholics are not being seduced by Biden or Harris, the ads that he's running on Christian TV and Christian radio, they're talking about his deep devotion and his deeply held Catholic faith. Part of one of the ads, at least, that I've seen shows him being interviewed, and he's talking about how his deep Catholic faith got him through when he lost his wife in the car accident and lost a daughter. I mean, he's had a tragic life. There's no question about that. And he talks about how his his Catholic faith got him through. But the But the conservative Catholics and leaders... Including some of the, in the ministry of the Catholic Church, they're not buying it. Robert E. Morris, he's the pastor of Saint Anthony Catholic Church in Florence, South Carolina. He refused to give him the Eucharist when he visited that church. It caught Biden by surprise. It caught him off off guard. But they wouldn't serve him the Communion, as we Protestants say, but the the Eucharist because of his extreme pro-abortion beliefs. Others, Brian Birch, president of Catholic Vote. He's reacting to Biden's attempt to mislead the public. He's noting that this vast discrepancy between the ad messages and the reality of Joe Biden's political views. He said religious viewers and voters across America aren't fooled by Joe Biden's deceptive ads featuring his Catholic faith. He said Joe Biden has has promised to gut religious schools, strip away fundamental religious freedoms, and for the first time in America's history, force taxpayers to directly pay for abortion. He has a lot of influence. Birch has compiled a list of Biden's longtime anti-life record and policy agenda. You can check that out in an article that I wrote today at faithandfreedom.us. You go to that, faithandfreedom.us, and that'll come up. And by the way, you can contribute to our program there as well online. There's a donate tab. You can just click that, make a donation. And thank you for your support. You can also mail a check to Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. We'll be updating you on our uh, the giving that you've done to help us with our new computer programming and upgrades. I'll give you an update one day this week. I'm not sure which day, but we'll give it to you. So that'll be forthcoming. But thank you so much for your support. Catholic League President Bill Donahue, he said that conservative Catholics, he's one of them, he said, He said, they're just, while they're running these ads, they're welcoming this new group of Christian bashers. He said, humanists for Biden. They seek to attract out all these that believe in nothing, agnostics, atheists, the religious confused. So Biden is not taking a position, and I wrote quite a bit more on this subject today, so I would encourage you to read it and be informed. But in the ads, Biden says America's at a crossroads. Penny Nance, the CEO of Concerned Women for America, very conservative, Protestant organization primarily, she said, I agree with Biden. There is a battle for the soul of America, and we are at a crossroads. But she said, quote, unfortunately, he's on the wrong team. And he is. For those of you who buy into the religious left, this is a time to pause and rethink what you really believe about life and marriage and family and why you believe it. Thanks for being with me today. It's always a pleasure to spend these few moments with us and with you. I, um, We try to stay up with what's happening in our world as we speak. That's why we originate live every morning at 9 a.m. Some of you hear us a little later. But thanks for being here. I'll see you tomorrow.